1: Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley show. We're in our final two segments here at 1250. We'll have Matt cook. She's a political strategist, spokeswoman for Americans for prosperity attorney, former candidate for office and uh, someone I consider to be a resident expert on the matters of issue one. Speaking of which looking at my Twitter feed over the break, uh, I got the reason why I received an email This morning from Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose's team saying that a press event they scheduled where Frank LaRose was going to vote was canceled. Now, according to this tweet, Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose calls off media availability after protesters show up at his polling place this morning. I was having this conversation before I went on air today with one of the folks here in the building just about how venomous the opposition has been. And he told me that he went to a polling location this morning and you know, the law is uh, within 100 feet, you can't have signage. Well, right at, at about the 100 foot mark, there were no signs everywhere. And then where there were yes signs, they were leaning no signs up against the yes signs. Earlier in the week, I talked with someone who was in Delaware County and saw Someone opposed to issue one, ripping a sign out of a yard, which, by the way, is illegal, and honked the horn. Now, the person ripping the sign out of the yard thought, hey, this person's supporting me, raising his hands victoriously. And then when the motorist rolled down the window and said, what are you doing? You can't do that. He flipped her the bird, the proverbial bird, and started yelling. The diverse and inclusive cult. (laughs) Hey, um, I got I to gotta read you some of this story because I just think it's really good. And uh, it was published in the Washington Examiner. It's called The Riddle of J.D. Vance. I don't know if we'll have time to get through it, but by golly, we're going to try. So <clears throat> J.D. Vance, I had the pleasure and honor of covering him along with the uh, whole basketball team of candidates that vied for the Republican nomination to U.S. Senate back in 2022, and we hosted the Ohio Press Network GOP forums at four spots around the Buckeye State. When J.D. Vance walked into the surgical technology class at Great Oaks Career Campuses, the VOTech students were stealing themselves for final exams, yet it turned out to be perfect timing. Vance was only planning to observe the class, but when he noticed that one of the students was anxious about having her blood drawn by her classmate. The Republican senator of Ohio casually removed his suit jacket and offered to take her place. When no objection from the teacher or students materialized, he sat down, rolled up his sleeves, and smiled. To the clearly nervous student about to stick a needle in his arm, Vance said quietly, Don't be nervous. If you have to do it again, it's fine with me. I'm here for you until you get it right. The student got it done on the first jab. The instructor looked at Vance with a broad smile. Well, that wasn't something I was expecting I'd see from you today. Confounding expectations is turning into something of a habit for Vance. Eight months after winning Ohio's U.S. Senate seat over Democrat Tim Ryan, and a year after winning one of the wildest smash-mouth primary races in the Buckeye State's history, with both, both races having former President Donald Trump's hands all over them, Vance is not the fire breather, the press predicted he would be. But you know what? He's also not, he's not the wonkish, mild person, his predecessor, Senator Rob Portman was. And Vance is just fine fitting into any of those molds, not fitting into any of those molds, fitting into his own. Following a hearing, Vance chats with Senator Maria Cantwell, Democrat from Washington, chairwoman of the Senate Commerce Committee, also, science and transportation has added onto that committee title. Sitting comfortably in a sunny high school conference room on the west side of Cincinnati, Vance has just finished spending most of a Friday morning touring the Diamond Oaks campus of the technical school. Throughout the two-hour visit, he walked into each classroom, watching the 11th and 12th graders show off their skills as he chatted with them about what they were going to do with their certificates. That they were earning in things like carpentry, graphic design, auto mechanics, coding, cosmetology, welding. After graduation, of course. When Vance arrived earlier in the day and walked up to the green principal, he got his own surprise. I went to shake his hand and I thought, he looks familiar. And then I realized, oh my God, that's Mr. Rush, my high school government teacher. And I gave him a big hug and it was just fun to walk around with him and see him as the principal of this place. He said the night before his visit here. He had been in Oxen Hill, Maryland, at the Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary leadership summit, warning that the greatest threat facing America is a Chinese invasion of Taiwan, while President Joe Biden is sending U.S. foreign aid to Ukraine. Now, Parma, Ohio, has one of the largest Ukrainian-American populations in the state, but Vance said in a wide-ranging interview, he has remained true to his convictions then and now about how he sees the U.S. involvement in the Ukraine. What I'm trying to get people to understand is that our capacity to help people overseas is entirely dependent on our strength here at home, Vance told the Washington Examiner. In particular, what I've been really startled by is if you look at the weapons system we've been delivering to Ukraine and the weapons systems we've delivered to Taiwan, there just aren't enough to go around, he warned. I think we should be more focused on China than we should be on Russia. But set aside whatever your foreign policy preferences are. The fundamental issue is that if we're going to be the arsenal of democracy, we have to do the arsenal part, he said, of the American capacity to make the weapons needed to supply both countries with support. We don't make enough of it, Vance said. A European Union memo dated March 13th estimated that Russia fires between 20,000 and 50,000 Artillery rounds per day in Ukraine, 4,000, a quarter of which come from the U.S., under most conservative estimates. The Russians are able to do around 20 to 1, compared to the most powerful economy in the world, which suggests something's really broken, Vance said. This concern is consistent both with Vance's skepticism of U.S. intervention in Ukraine and a more immediate worry of his America's manufacturing base and its workforce. The single most important thing, Vance said, that we can do in foreign policy is prevent the Chinese from invading Taiwan. It would be economically devastating and would announce China as a true superpower in the world, he said. America's best chance to prevent the invasion is to provide Taiwan with weaponry that would deter Beijing. But if we can't manufacture those weapons, Vance claims, they're going to be in a rough spot. And so are we. The public may not quite be ready to choose between helping Ukraine and helping Taiwan, but if forced to prioritize recent polling suggests a trend toward Vance's position. Hey, it's the old guns versus butter argument, isn't it? How are you going to spend your money? economics is unlimited wants with limited resources. Now a Pew research center survey taken as the Biden administration was ramping up more military aid to Ukraine in January showed The share of percentage points since last September, where voters say the U.S. is providing too much support, has grown 6%. Last September, it was 19. Now it's 25. In a Pew survey last month, 47% said tensions between mainland China and Taiwan are a very serious problem for the U.S., Up four points since October 2022 and 19 points since February 2021. So who's right? Look, I mean, on our side, I think the two guys who I just naturally get along with best are Josh Hawley and Tom Cotton, Vance said of the Missouri and Arkansas Senators. And uh, what do those guys have in common? Come back on the other side of this break and, and we'll talk about it maybe Because up next, we've got political strategist Matt Cook weighing in during the final segment of the Bruce Hooley Show on Ohio State Issue 1. Hey, thanks for sticking around and uh, indulging us here for this final segment uh, to put a a cap on the last thing we talked about. What did J.D. Vance and Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley have in common? They're young. They've got kids. They both know what it's like when crazy people harass them and their families is what J.D. Vance said. But it's the riddle of J.D. Vance. That was the whole point of me reading you that story. And uh, he also gets along, by the way, with Chris Coons and John Barrasso and John Cornyn. And can have heated political discourse and disagreements, but afterwards they talk about it and it's fine, Vance says. Well, that used to be called civility. And uh, civility seems to be lacking in the most important issue that we're talking about all day long today and facing Ohioans. And that is state issue one, voters decide today whether they're going to thumbs up or thumbs down increasing the threshold to amend the state constitution. And I have somebody here to talk about that with us. She's super fantastic. She's a political strategist. She's a mom. And uh, she's also a spokeswoman for Americans for Prosperity. And I'm talking about Mahek Cook. Uh, Mahek, welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. Thanks for carving out time for us today.
2: Thanks for having me. It's always good to speak with you.
1: Likewise. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, about eight minutes here. And so um, – I really want to start here. Uh, we've talked a lot over the past couple of days, and you have a really strong pulse on what's going on. Has anything changed this morning as you're talking to people, as you're you know going to your voting location, perhaps, and uh, visiting with Ohioans? What are you seeing out there?
2: So I'm seeing a massive turnout of Republican voters, and I strongly believe that issue one, could be very favorable, and part of that is because Issue 1 proponents got their message out and ensured that we were able to shred the lies that is out there from the opposition and liberal elitists that are trying to keep our Constitution weak and vulnerable. A vote yes on Issue 1 will ensure that we protect our Constitution from outside liberal ideology from on-demand abortion laws from ensuring parental consent stays intact, from ensuring our gun rights stay intact, from ensuring our small businesses are protected. And I think Republicans and a lot of mainstream, even independents, are saying, this makes sense that I want to protect my family and our values in Ohio.
1: We talked about this uh, in the past, but it's, it's, it's shameful that the press has really tried to turn this into an abortion-only issue. And you just hit it. You you know, it's abortion, it's parental rights, it's guns, it's minimum wage, it's green energy, activism. Do you get the sense that Ohioans have picked up on that and they're going to revolt?
2: I do. I think that there's a lot of momentum. I went to a couple different polling locations this morning because there are a ton in my area just to see what the lines were, just to see what the parking lots were like. And they're full. They're full of individuals that are exercising their vote. There's a lot of interesting discussion as well that I've noted. My husband rides a motorcycle, and as he got off of it, somebody approached him and said, I know how you're voting. My husband said, well, why would you know that? He goes, well, you're definitely not going to be for somebody taking your gun rights away, somebody taking away your consent as a parent. And on that Harley, there's no way you want more state interference. You know, I mean it's just it's so interesting to hear how the narrative has changed today in our state. It was just about abortion initially and let's be clear, what's happening in November is not just about abortion. That's if right. it was just about abortion, great, let's have that discussion. It's about more. It's stripping parental consent so that minors can have full term abortions and transgender surgeries. And I said this to you as a new parent over my dead body. Am I going to allow anybody, the ACLU plant parenthood, the government telling my child that they can do something when he doesn't have permission.
1: Yeah. It's it's really disgusting. And uh, it's, it's really disingenuous when, when people try to say this has nothing to, I mean, you're an attorney, right? I'm not an attorney. I took constitutional law and undergraduate. God rest Charlie Burke's soul. Yeah, he, taught me some really good things at Baldwin Wallace college back then, but you just hit it there. The, the, the language amend the language in the amendment in November is so broad and ambiguous that it would allow really radical abortion permissions and minors to to transition. And we talked about it earlier on the show that the groups that are supporting that amendment, I mean, they're saying it out loud. Parents shouldn't have rights to, to deter minors from mutilate. I mean, it's, it's, it's really disgusting. Um, so let me ask you this. We've got a few minutes here. Why does this, I, I, I understand you, you, you understand the issues, but I want, I want to get to the core of it for you, Mahek. Why does this matter to you? I mean, really, there are probably eight reasons you can name, but if you had to boil this down to your gut visceral response, you know, what's in your DNA as a mother, as an American, why does this matter to you?
2: This matters because our fundamental rights, our moral compass, and who we are as individuals is being attacked. And I'm not going to let outside special interest groups dictate what happens at my dinner table, at my small business, and absolutely not at my child's school. So this, this is a personal battle for me, and I hope every Ohioan feels as I do, because it should be personal to them. There's at least one issue that every single person can get behind, whether it's small businesses, gun rights, parental rights, protecting your family values. It should matter to every single individual. We have worked way too hard to achieve our version of the American dream to allow for out-of-state liberals to tear it down in Ohio.
1: I've joked that if you had a a Venn diagram, there wouldn't be, you know, perfect overlap. But a lot of the people who are opposed to issue one now are talking about how important the Constitution is. Well, I'm old enough to remember the past three years when the same group of people were saying, quote, follow the science. And they didn't care if they violated fundamental constitutional rights. But now they're out trumpeting the Constitution as if it's something that matters. It's a play thing to them. What happens if this doesn't pass? What does that mean going forward?
2: Well, I think going forward, we're going to have a huge battle in November, and it doesn't stop there. Right up until then, our Senate election, we're going to have minimum wage on the ballot. And let me be clear, I'm not against minimum wage. I am against telling small businesses they have to pay $15 an hour, and then livestock care standards, and then our gun rights. And it's never going to stop. And we're going to have to mobilize in droves to make sure that our rights are protected. If we increase the threshold today, today, by voting yes, that means 60% of Ohioans are saying yes to a constitutional change. We shouldn't have to get down to transgender surgeries and gun rights and fighting for every single thing we have worked hard for in this country and in this state. We have to vote yes today so that we can protect our futures.
1: The thing that really confuses me about opponents to this is that I I wonder how far down the line they're thinking. Because if 50% plus one stays, Ohio is a Republican trifecta. Republicans are in the executive branch, judiciary, Supreme Court. They're they're the majority. And Donald Trump won Ohio twice by eight points. So why aren't they concerned that guns, taxes, abortion – I mean, the right is probably more prominent and powerful when given the opportunity and a long enough time frame to do things in the Constitution that the left would hate. Do you think that they're just not seeing that, or are they blinded by ambition? Oh, we've got I about think 10 seconds, sorry.
2: By ambition. Yeah. And I think they, they like to lie to the American people. So they're just trying to figure out how many voters they can dupe. And I've said this, Ohio is a battleground state. They're going to see what, the left is going to see what they can get away with and then infiltrate the rest of America. So we need to say yes to issue one in Ohio so that these liberal elites don't take advantage of any other
0: state